Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. It is 9 o'clock, and it's nice to have you guys with us this morning. It is a cool 73 degrees outside, so we enjoying it, as of course, as always. And I like to throw in the humidity just because it's such a major deal down here. We're up at 75. This is just crazy, 75% humidity back in New Mexico where I'm from. We'd just be sweating or something, it seems, but not here. Not here. It's It's nice and just perfect perfect weather right now. Well, I did find a few interesting things going on in this day. Let me see if we can pull them up this day in trivia. Today's puzzle. What does even the wisest man often overlook? What does even the wisest man often overlook? His nose. <laughs> that that one's one of these. It's true. Third and fourth men to walk in the moon. You feel sorry for these guys because they never get any press. Everybody knows Armstrong. But what about Pete Conrad and Alan Bean? They were the third and fourth men to walk in the moon upon stepping on the moon's surface. Conrad commented, whoopee, man. (laughs) That may have been a small one for Neil, but that's a long one for me. (laughs) And, of course, as you remember, they, um, they had to kind of jump off the ladder to get all the way down to the ground. And I don't know that they ever changed that, not that I remember. And when you study the uh, reason why, some will tell you it's to cut down on the weight of the craft, and eh, that might have some validity. But the overall reason why the ladder didn't go all the way down was because of their firm belief in evolution they were assuming that the dust on the moon would be up to three or four feet deep over all of the millions of years. And so the landing craft would sink into the dust down to a firm foundation and they would be stepping off the ladder at surface level. So there you go, how your worldview affects what you make. The Edsel discontinued November 19th, 1959. The Edsel automobile is discontinued by Ford with fewer than 100,000 sold. 1957 introduction is one of the most famous examples of bureaucratic failures in the U.S. industry. It's a nice looking car. Rocky and Bullwinkle, or I should Rocky and his friends, November 19, 1959. They debut on ABC. And it drew a large adult audience, even though it was a cartoon. And it was animated. So it was the first cartoons whose animations were outsourced. And actually, the storyboard was shipped to Mexico. And one of the creators, they found that in the production, they had a problem. And they, they said, we found we could not depend on the Mexican studios to produce anything of quality. And they were turning the work very quickly. But there was all kinds of mistakes and flaws. So they took back control of it, I guess. I don't know how that is. It's just the article goes on and on, so it's not not important. Gettysburg Address on this day in 1863. 
He delivers his speech fourscore and seventy years ago our fathers brought forth this continent, a new nation conceived in liberty, dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. And if only we could get back to his form of view of government, that would be nice. All right, let's see. That's it for this day in trivia history. And let's see if we can get over to the dad jokes today. I think this is a new one. I was sitting on the back porch with my wife when I suddenly blurted out, I love you. Is that you talking or the beer talking, she asked. And I answered, it's me talking to the beer. (laughs) Okay, these aren't Christian jokes, sorry. I don't drink, so I could only say I love you to my wife. So there you go. There you go. Here's another one. This is another unsaved joke, I guess. Siri, I asked my phone, why am I so bad with women? She responded, I'm Bixby, you moron. (laughs) Bixby? I guess because he's always calling women by their wrong name. Okay, he's pretty bad with women, I guess. Well, we'll move over into the reading. Into Ezekiel 21. One and twenty-two were just in the Old Testament today. And by the way, be be sensitive because Facebook is going downhill. If you're watching the news, what's going on there? We don't know how much longer they'll be viable or or they'll allow Christians on. So I do have Telegram available as well as YouTube and of course the podcasts. So keep that in mind. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for giving us this time together. We are blessed to have it. So thank you in Jesus' name. Ezekiel 21. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face towards Jerusalem and speak against the sanctuaries and prophesy against the land of Israel. And say to the land of Israel, thus says the Lord, Behold, I'm against you, and I will draw my sword out of its sheath and cut off from you the righteous and the wicked because I will cut off from you the righteous and the wicked therefore my sword will go forth from its sheath against all flesh from the south to the north thus all flesh will know that I the Lord have drawn my sword out of its sheath and it will not return to its sheath again as for you son of man groan with breaking heart and bitter grief groan in their sight and when they say to you Why do you groan? You shall say, because of the news that is coming. And every heart will melt, all hands will be feeble, every spirit will faint, and all knees will be weak as water. Behold, it comes, and it will happen, declares the Lord God. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord, Say a sword, a sword sharpened, and also polished, sharpened to make a slaughter, polished, to flash like lightning? Or shall we rejoice the rod of my son, despising every tree? It is given to be polished, then it may be handled. The sword is sharpened and polished to give it into the hand of the slayer. Cry out and wail, son of man, for it is against my people, against all the officials of Israel. 
They are delivered over to the sword with my people. Therefore, strike your thigh, for there is a testing. And what if even the rod which despises will be no more, declares the Lord God. You, therefore, son of man, prophesy and clap your hands together and let the sword be doubled the third time. The sword for the slain. It is the sword for the great one slain, which surrounds them, that their hearts may melt and many fall at their gates. I have given the glittering sword. Ah, it is made for striking like lightning. It is wrapped up in the readiness for slaughter. Show yourself sharp. Go to the right. Set yourself. Go to the left. Wherever your edge is appointed, I will also clap my hands together, and I will appease my wrath. I, the Lord, have spoken. Verse 18. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, As for you, son of man, make two ways for the sword of the king of Babylon to come. Both of them will go out of one land and make a signpost and make it the head of the way to the city. You shall mark a way for the sword to come to Rabbah of the sons of Ammon and to Judah into fortified Jerusalem. For the king of Babylon stands at the parting of the way, at the head of the two ways, to use the divination. He shakes the arrows. He consults the household idols. He looks at the liver. Into the right hand came the divination, Jerusalem, to, to set battering rams, to open the mouth for slaughter, to lift up the voice with a battle cry, to set battering rams against the gates, to cast up ramps, to build a siege wall. Verse 23, And it will be to them like a false divination in their eyes. They have sworn solemn oaths, but... He brings iniquity to remembrance that they may be seized. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have made your iniquity to be remembered in that your transgressions are uncovered so that in all your deeds, your sins appear because you have come to remembrance, you will be seized with the hand and you, O slain, wicked one, the prince of Israel, whose day has come in the time of the punishment of the end. Thus says the Lord God, remove the turban and take off the crown. This will no longer be the same. Exalt that which is low and abase that which is high. A ruin, a ruin, a ruin. I will make it and also will be no more until he comes whose right it is and I will give it to him. And you, son of man, prophesy and say, thus says the Lord God concerning the sons of Ammon, and concerning the reproach, and say, A sword, a sword is drawn, polished for the slaughter, to cause it to consume, that it may be like lightning. While they see for you false visions, while they divine lies for you, to place you on the necks of the wicked who are slain, whose day has come in the time of the punishment of the end, return to its sheath, In the place where you are created, in the land of your origin, I will judge you. I will pour out my indignation on you. I will blow on you with the fire of my wrath. And I will give you into the hand of brutal men, skilled in destruction. Verse 32. You will be fuel for the fire. Your blood will be in the midst of the land. You will not be remembered, for I, the Lord, have spoken. Chapter 22. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, And you, son of man, 
Will you judge? Will you judge the bloody city? Then cause her to know all her abominations? You shall say, thus says the Lord God, a city shedding blood in her midst, so that her time will come, and that makes idols, contrary to her interest for defilement. You have become guilty by the blood which you have shed, and defiled by your idols which you have made. Thus you have brought your day near, and have come to your years. Therefore I have made you a reproach to the nations, and a mocking to all the lands." Those who are near and those who are far from you will mock you, you of ill repute, full of turmoil. Behold, the rulers of Israel, each according to his power, have been in you for the purpose of shedding blood. They have treated father and mother lightly within you. The alien they have pressed in your midst, the fatherless, the widow they have wronged in you. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. Slanderous men have been in you for the purpose of shedding blood. And in you they have eaten at the mountain shrines. In your midst they have committed acts of lewdness. In you they have uncovered their father's nakedness. In you they have humbled her who was unclean in her menstrual impurity. One has committed abomination with his neighbor's wife and another has lewdly defiled his daughter-in-law, and another in you has humbled his sister, his father's daughter, and you they have taken bribes and shed blood, you have taken interest and profits, and have injured your neighbor for gain by oppression, and you have forgotten me, declares the Lord God. Behold, then I smite my hand at your dishonest gain, which you have acquired at the bloodshed which is among you. Can your heart endure, or can your hand be strong in the day that I will deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken and will act. I will scatter you among the nations. I will disperse you through the lands. I will consume your uncleanness from you. You will profane yourself in the sight of the nations, and you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 17, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. All of them are bronze and tin and iron and lead in the furnace. They are the dross of silver. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because all of you have become dross, therefore, behold, I am going to gather you into the midst of Jerusalem as they gather silver and bronze and iron and lead and tin into the furnace to blow fire on it in order to melt it. So I will gather you in my anger and in my wrath, and I will lay you there and melt you. I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath, and you will be melted in the midst of it. As silver is melted in the furnace, so you will be melted in the midst of it. And you will know that I, the Lord, have poured out my wrath on you. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, say to her, you are the land which is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in her midst like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured lives. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in the midst of her. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the profane. And they have not taught the difference between the unclean and the clean. 
and they hide their eyes from my Sabbath, and I am profaned among them. Her princes within her are like wolves tearing the prey by shedding blood and destroying lives in order to get dishonest gain. Her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, seen false visions and divining lies for them, saying, Thus says the Lord God, when the Lord has not spoken, the people of the land have practiced oppression and committed robbery, and they have wronged the poor and needy and have oppressed the soldier without justice. I search for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it, but I found no one. Thus I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their way I have brought upon their heads, declares the Lord God. Boy, if that isn't a just a scathing condemnation upon Israel for all that they had been doing up to this point. And remember, they've already been attacked once. They've already seen part of their population go down into Babylon. So there's been a deportation. They are conquered, so to speak. Well, not so to speak, they are. They're they're not like Solomon with his mighty army or David able to guard against the, the enemies. They're not in the heights of their pride saying there's this invincible nation, they've been conquered, and yet the people are still acting like they were before. They don't put it together that it's God who's allowing this judgment to come upon them. It's just like, oh, well, that was a bad turn of events. We we got attacked and conquered. We lost a lot of our people. We're in back captivity. Uh, we have a puppet government now. We're under the power of Babylon. But hey, why not just continue to eat and drink and be merry and worship our false gods and um, ignore the God of our fathers, everything that he taught us, everything that our fathers taught us. Well, they, actually, their fathers didn't do a very good job teaching them, did they? Everything that they were supposed to know by the law and by what was given to them by Moses and the priests, if you remember, they were part of the problem. They were probably the major problem because Ezekiel is taking in a vision and God says, let me just show you how bad the country has really gotten. And he goes there behind the walls and into the inner sanctuaries, these hiding places within the temple. So hidden, he's got to actually go kind of through a breach in the wall to get back in there. And there is all of these idols on the walls. They didn't have photography then. I guess they carved things and painted things on the walls. And there was all kinds of images of false gods. And scholars think involved in that was all the false immorality that was going on with those gods. And they were back there in basically Luciferian worship. They're just back there worshiping demons, worshiping everything that is so incredibly contrary to holiness, everything that was unholy. And so they taught the people that. And so they were making no distinction between holy and unholy. And they were ripping each other off. They were violating each other. They were doing all of the the horrific things that God was judging Canaan for. That's why they were supposed to be wiped out. But they were all doing it. And so it says, for this you've been judged. For this you are going to be I'm going to unleash my sword 
and allow it to indiscriminately just go through Judah and wipe everybody out completely, except for the remnant. Thankfully, he always says there's a remnant. There was going to be a time where that sword would go back in the sheath. So there is the the story, but we see the comparisons of, of how the people were acting then, how people are acting today. There is a disregard for the, for what is holy and unholy. There's no difference. There's no we are the government's the parents are no longer teaching the difference between what is holy and unholy. In fact, we have prophetically we know that in the last days they will call everything clean unclean and everything unclean clean. And this is where we are. We are there in that to to call a <laughs> monogamous relationship of a man and a woman good anymore the people in the world look at you and go no i mean how horrible we want just the opposite now you know everything that has been established as moral and upright is now being looked at as somehow uh racist or somehow bad and of somehow a closed-mindedness you have to embrace everything that that is a perversion and immoral and that's and inclusive, and that is somehow the only thing that you can do to be accepted in the culture. And so this is where we are. We Come Lord Jesus, we need him because we are at that point where we're, we're really in the same condition Israel is in when God says, let the, let the sword come out of its sheath and just let it go for it. And there we go the tribulation. It will be unsheathed once again. Well, let's look over to Charles Spurgeon and see what he has to say. The obedience of blessing. From this day, I will bless you. Well, thank you. We need that Haggai 2.19. We need some encouragement after reading those two chapters of Ezekiel. Further things are hidden from us, yet here is a glass in which we may see the unborn years. The Lord says, From this day I will bless you. It is worthwhile to note the day which is referred to in this promise. There had been failure of crops, blasting, and mildew, and because of the people's sin. Now the Lord saw these chastened ones commencing to obey his word and building his temple. And therefore he says, From the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider... From this day, I will bless you. If you have lived in any sin, and the Spirit leads us to purge ourselves of it, we may reckon upon the blessing of the Lord. His smile, His Spirit, His grace, His fuller revelation of His truth will all prove to us an enlarged blessing. We may fall into greater oppression from man because of our faithfulness, but we shall rise to closer dealings with the Lord our God and a clearer sight of our acceptance in him. Lord, I am resolved to be more true to thee and more exact in my following of thy doctrine and thy precept. And I pray thee, therefore, by Christ Jesus, to increase the blessedness of my daily life, therefore and forevermore. Well, that's a beautiful encouragement because that remnant did come back after all this judgment and was reestablished in the land, began to build the temple, 
And the nations were against them. Man was against them, but God's blessedness, God's faithfulness and blessing was upon them for their obedience and, and coming out of the sin that they've been involved in and making that step towards God when everybody else was content to stay in sin. For that, they have that f- phenomenal blessing that comes upon them. Well, Father, thank you for a blessing of today, reading in your word and for showing us these things. We are indeed blessed. And we thank you that you have called us out of sin. And many of us know our former days that we are not worthy of anything that you have done to receive us and accept us and forgive us. But we thank you for it nonetheless, all the more. And we rejoice and we ask God that you continue to help us to stay true, to count each day the blessings we have in you for the new beginning and the new start and to continue to walk humbly with you and always remembering our sin, but never going back to it. So thank you, Father, for that. And we ask your special blessing on those that are now just coming into the full realization of it. Those that were touched at the evangelism night by going out on the evangelism team, those that were, were talked to, we thank you for all those that you did touch. So we want to pray for various contacts that were happened on Thursday night. I want to pray for an artist that was talked to on the evangelism team that was given the word of the Lord, Ivan. Pray for him, Alberto, as well. Listen to the message. Was seen to be open to it. Oswaldo as well, Fernando, they received you, Father. They prayed the prayer of repentance. And now, God, we pray that the enemy does not come in to try and snatch that away or to confuse them. We want to thank you for Yadira, and who was asked for prayer and who is willing to listen about who you are. He and she as well uh, accepted you. And has a desire to come to church. So we want to pray that Yadira would make it. She would come. God, we see this huge wall, Father, of once we pray with someone, anybody downtown, once they receive you and say they want to come, they never make it to church. There is a huge spiritual warfare from the time they accept you, the time they actually walk in faith and do something with it. So we pray that you'd break through that. We pray for Carla as well, that they talked to, and she studied psychology, and she listened patiently, but because of her training and her education, God, we know what kind of things she learned, so we just pray you break through that. And we pray for Michelle. She also listened, and that's always a blessing, that they listened to the gospel presentation, and she wasn't quite sure what she wanted to think about it, but we just pray that you break through with the truth in her life. Juan, and uh, that they found on the evangelism team that had a need, who felt very sad, who expressed interest and ex- and listened to the message, but did not make a decision. We want to pray for him as well. And as well for all of the tracks that went out, God, that were handed out by not only the adult team members, but by the youth and by the kids. God, we thank you for the faithfulness of the kids that went out with a smile and passed those out. What a blessing. Thank you for all that they did. So as you use those tracks, you use those things, and God, bring those people into the church that made decisions, not for us, 
really, we appreciate the fellowship. We want to have that fellowship with them. But Father, they need a place where they can connect with you and grow, which is very hard to find out on the street <laughs> in the midst of the crazy Vallarta. So we just pray you do a work, God, and bring them in. And thank you for those that are continuing their healing. Juan Carlos is and Maria Elena and those up north with Hank and Florence and all the people that are in Europe, different people, so many people, God, our missionary friends working with YWAM, continue to heal them, God, and touch their lives for for their physical healing, but also for their spiritual healing. So thank you for this wonderful day, God, that we have. And may you bless tomorrow and bless the service, bless your word. Help us all continue to grow in Christ as we see these days draw near for your soon and, and certain return. In Jesus' name, amen. There we go. So tomorrow, I need to mention, for those of you guys that want to read rather than listen to the podcast, we, it will be, tomorrow will be Ezekiel 23 and 24 and Habakkuk 11. Next two chapters in Ezekiel 23 and 24 and Hebrews 11. And if you don't want to read it, we will get the podcast out and you can listen to it as well. Okay? We will see you then. God bless you all. Bye.